This is Mark Halleck, and welcome to the Leading Church Revitalization Podcast. This podcast is designed to encourage and equip you for the work of leading church revitalization in your context. I really hope and pray you will be helped and you'll be encouraged and you might even be a little bit inspired in our time together. Because here's the truth, there's a lot of churches people have given up on that God is just not done with. So thanks for coming by and let's link arms together to replant and revitalize churches for the glory of God and for our joy in Him. Most of us feel on a gut level that developing and deploying leaders is the right thing to do. But just because we share that conviction doesn't make it easy. How do we do it? Where do we begin? The truth is, it's not just you who needs to develop leaders, but your leaders need to learn this too. When leaders develop leaders, this can create a development culture that penetrates every area of ministry in our churches, including our teaching ministry, groups ministry, children's ministry, student ministry, greeting ministry, and our music ministry, among other ministries. In 2 Timothy 2.2, Paul writes, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Well, that's true in discipleship. It's also true in leadership development. The following seven things stand out as important aspects of creating a leadership development culture. None of these stands alone, but each one builds off the other. I'm going to hit the first four of these today, and then we'll pick things up and talk about the last three next week. So let's begin with number one, maintain a clear vision. Many of us are good at kindling vision at a macro or congregational level in our churches. Maybe we're even pretty good at casting vision for individual ministries, but we fail to have a clear vision for the actual type of leaders we want to see leading ministries. When we think about our elders, deacons, or ministry leaders, we need to consider the following questions. How would we like our leaders to talk? How would we like them to think? How do we want them to treat new people? Do we have a vision of how our leaders will look if they reach their fullest potential? When a young family visits and they have three little kids, how would we like our leaders to interact with them? Do they just say hi to mom and dad and skip over the kids? Or are they going to give a high five to the little ones as well? How do we envision the leader of a small group dominating the conversation or fostering great discussions? Do we imagine leaders who are quick to serve, humble, in the word day after day? There's a saying that goes like this, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And that is particularly true in leadership development. So we need to know what we're aiming for. Next, consider how to articulate the vision. If you can't articulate it, start there. It's important to take some time by yourself or with your leadership team to think through your vision for leaders and how to communicate it. You're going to develop some kind of leader. The question is if they're going to be a good leader or a bad one. Are they the kind of leader that you plan for or something else? There are four traits that I believe must be kept crystal clear in our minds as we think through the vision of our ideal leader. I call these the four C's. Here's number one, character. 
What is their heart like? What's going on with their character? Do they demonstrate humility or arrogance, integrity or slipperiness, self-control or self-defense, kindness or quarrelsomeness? Paul's qualifications for elders and deacons in the pastoral epistles are a great starting point to think through the character of a godly leader. Number two, competency. What is the skill level that is needed for this particular leadership position? Competency can often be developed if character is in place. Number three, chemistry. What should the relational chemistry be like with this person and the rest of the team? Will they work and interact well? What is their chemistry like with the broader congregation? And then number four, commitment. What kind of commitment do we want to see in this leadership position? These are the four primary characteristics that we want to consider when we are looking for a new leader. This leads us to number two, model what you want to see. It's not enough to have a vision for what we want other leaders to look like. We have to live out a picture of that vision for our people. Remember, we teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. As with so much, great, loving, effective leadership is more caught than taught. We can read leadership books and and teach leadership principles, but the bottom line is that our people will catch what they see in us more than they will do what we teach. That should be convicting to us. Lord, help me to be the kind of leader that you want to see reproduced in this church. Help me not to be the kind of leader who is asking things of others that I am not willing to model in my own life. Help me to be passionate about these things in my own heart. Change my affections so that I can reproduce these things in other leaders. The Apostle Paul writes in Titus 2, 7 and 8, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned. If we want to develop leaders who love people, we need to love people. Our leaders need to see us doing that. If we want leaders who are humble, we need to cultivate humility in our lives. If we want leaders who are strategic, we need to show them what strategic leadership looks like. If we want leaders who can laugh at themselves and not take themselves too seriously, We need to laugh at ourselves and not take ourselves too seriously. We can't do any of this apart from the work of the gospel in our own hearts and lives. We need to ruthlessly pursue Jesus, and we must ask the Holy Spirit to make us the kind of leader that our people need as a model. This leads to number three, develop a pipeline. One of the key strategies for creating a leadership development culture is developing a pipeline where we can take a person who's at point A and get them to point E. In other words, we need to develop a strategy for how we are going to get people where we want them to go. Vision addresses where we are going. A pipeline addresses how we are going to get there. In time, as new families show up, people will become excited about what God is doing. As the momentum continues, they will begin to say, What can I do? How can I get involved here? Having a strategy enables you to build off the momentum of people wanting to serve and then focusing that energy down the pipeline for developing new leaders. I have a friend from a church in North Carolina, which is known for developing leaders well. He started attending the church as a non-believer, got saved there, and then wanted to get plugged in somehow. 
The first thing they did was plug him into the greeting ministry. And as he served faithfully, the leaders saw that this guy had a lot of leadership potential. They saw his faithfulness, his encouragement toward others, and that he was a guy with vision and passion for his ministry. It didn't take long for him to become the leader of the greeting team. The leaders of the church kept their eye on my buddy. They could see him growing in Christ, wanted to help develop his gifts, and could envision him as the head of what they called their first impressions ministry. They thought in time, it was clear that he needed a new challenge. So after a year, they invited him to join their year-long church planting internship. Through that time of leadership training, he was humble and teachable and grew. He began to discern that God might want him to plant a church. After the initial year, the leaders invited him to the next step, apprenticeship, which was a year-long exploration and development phase, which is their on-ramp for church planting. It was also during this season that he began to pursue theological studies through seminary. Once again, he excelled, and the church elders sent him out as a church planter. If you ask my friend, he would say this church knew every step of the way where they were taking him. They had a vision and a strategy. They knew how to move him from point A to point E. It takes time and trust to develop a clear pipeline. But the earlier we can establish one, the sooner we can help everyone to move in the right direction. A strong pipeline is one way God will begin to bring health back to the congregation. This leads to number four, intentionally equip. So we've identified potential leaders and entrusted them with some responsibility, but that isn't enough. What makes the pipeline work is the ongoing intentional equipping that takes place with each individual. When equipping people in each phase of their development, there are three areas we must focus on. The head, the heart, and the hands. How are we growing our leaders? It may be a nursery volunteer, somebody in the band, a deacon, or even a pastor or church planner. How are these leaders growing in wisdom, affection, and service? First, the head. In other words, how are they growing intellectually, theologically? Are they demonstrating their understanding of biblical leadership and discipleship? Are they becoming more self-aware? Are they developing emotional intelligence? Emotional intelligence, EQ, is an important skill for leaders. I see it in a lot of seminary guys who are off the charts gifted theologically, but have no clue how to be with people. These are all important aspects of head growth needed for those we are developing. Next, you have the heart. How are you equipping your leaders to grow in humility and love? Are we setting the example by growing as humble leaders who love people well? Do we care about people? Do we recognize that this isn't our deal, but the Lord's, and it's a joy just to be a part of it? Are we growing in wholehearted devotion? Are we discipling our desires to conform to Christ? God's preoccupation with our hearts is clear. As Deuteronomy 10, 12, and 13 says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. Finally, the hands. At each phase, there must be intentional ways of developing people's skill sets. There must be training on how to lead effectively in different contexts with different types of people, young and old. 
You may even have to have training on how to hold a baby. There are a million new things that you could teach, but there need to be new skills for every level of the leadership pipeline. As we look at our pipelines and consider how we are going to develop our people, we need to be intentional about developing each person's head, heart, and hands in order to help them grow. That's how they develop. That's how they mature. Well, next week, we will pick things up and look at three more uh, aspects of developing leaders in our churches. I hope you'll join us then. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast today. Hey, as you continue to grow, I want to point you in the direction of a book called Leading Church Revitalization. This entire podcast is really built on and based on that book. You can pick it up at Amazon.com today. Also, check out AcomaPress.org. Acoma Press is committed to putting out resources to help encourage and equip you as a revitalizer or a replanter. It's also very committed to help equip congregations that are struggling and facing serious decline. And one last thing, I would love to stay in touch with you. So let's connect on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Any way I can serve you, I would love to do that. Man, I can't wait till we're together next time. Thanks so much for stopping by. God bless you all.